say amen when you're there. Amen. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. You may be seated. You know, there were people in the Bible that were called by God and they obeyed him. When you think about this scripture, I think back to Moses. Moses heard from God and obeyed him. And there was a time of testing. You know, whenever God calls you and it says the first part of that scripture says, if my people. Moses heard what God said. He called him to be a deliverer because he had an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord was saying to him. And you know, you have to know who you belong to and where you came from. And if we don't know that we belong to God, what will we do? We will spend our days wasting time, money, resources, and trying to figure out who we are. How many have ever done that? How many have ever been in a situation where, I, you know, I've heard people over the course of the years say, who am I? Why am I here? And if we don't know who we belong to or where we came from, we'll spend years trying to be somebody else. And one of the reasons that vanity sells is it is a multi-million dollar business and it's because a lot of people want to look like someone else because they don't know who they are in Christ. But God says, if my people who are called by my name, you got to know who you are. And if a person don't know who they are or where they came from, they'll live like the devil on the earth. Doing anything, saying anything. People have an identity crisis nowadays where they don't realize that God makes you who you are. And when you live in an identity crisis, it's hard to comprehend you being you. I lived a long time, apostle, trying to be somebody else, trying to be people that I saw preaching or people that I looked up to. I tried to dress like peop other people and things like that because I didn't know who I was. After, even after God called me and he said that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Now, you know, when, when you look back, at this in Christendom, if we don't know that we belong to God, we end up with that a spiritual identity crisis. And I call that sick, S-I-C. We'll have to, you know, you have prophets trying to be, people trying to be prophets. They're not called to be prophets. They may be called to be an evangelist. Pastors called to be teachers. People have identity crisis because they don't know who they are in him. And we have to make sure that we know if you're called by his name, when you think about that part of the scripture, and I'm going to get to um, another part of that scripture, but if you think about being called by his name, prior to a woman being married, whose name was she called by? Her daddy's name. And once you get married, you're called by who? Your husband's name. But I submit to you today that when we are, we're in the world, we were called a whole lot of names. Do you know whose name that you've been called by now that you're in Christ you have a new identity you have a new name and God says if my people his name is above every other name in the world in the earth his name is higher his name is higher than disease sickness mental illness his name is higher and if we're called by his name we've already overcome the things that try to pull us down amen 
How many of you believe that for real, that because his name is higher, we have already overcome? Because the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us, we have every single thing that we need to move ahead and move forward in him. Amen? You know, one of the things that I want to also mention is that if you can identify with any of these things, say amen. I tell you what, God healed my body. Have you been healed? God delivered my mind. Has your mind been delivered? God delivered me of a broken spirit. Have you been delivered of a broken spirit? And you know, he also delivered me from generational curses in the bloodline. Amen? You know, stuff that you just can't seem to shake loose. Things that keep, the, keep holding on to you when you try to move forward in God. Things, something just keeps dragging you back. Think about the children of Israel when Moses was delivering them out. They were around that mountain over and over again. Why? They were murmuring and complaining, but they came out of Egypt with some junk. They came out with some stuff. And when God delivers us, it's a process. But we have to stay the course. And when God says it's time to move, it's time to move. Look at Abraham. Abraham said, God told Abraham it's time to go. He packed up his bags and went. But what did he do? He made the mistake of taking Lot with him. God didn't tell him to take Lot. He took Lot. Lot caused a bunch of division and strife in the camp. So they had to separate. What is God saying to you this morning that you need to get rid of? What is your lot today? What is your lot today? Going back to the scripture, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, nowadays people are seeking more than God. People are seeking beauty. People are seeking money. People are spending more time doing other things rather than seeking the face of God. In the Old Testament, it, was ta- it talks about seek my face. That literally means being in the presence of God. But we're not seeking his presence as we should anymore. We're seeking the stuff. We stay in God's presence long enough to get what we want. We think we got what we want and then we're out. We stay in his presence long enough to get a blessing and then we leave. And God is saying, I want to set you up and I want to bless you. I want to keep you. I want to deliver you and I want to heal you. And I want to set you free for real once and for all. But you got to live in my presence. It's in him we move. We live. We have our being. But if we're here one day and here the next, we're not going to get it. A couple of years ago, I preached a message here, and it was talking about the blessing is right here, but we over here, and we want all that God has for us, and we've seen the prophecies and heard the prophecies, and we've walked them out to a certain degree, but when it gets real good, then we decide we got to go do something else because we're not moving fast enough in our calling. I tell you what, God will have you sit for years to prepare you for where he's taking you, and then... Let me tell you something about my testimony. God had me in a place in ministry for years. And when I got tired, he said, it's time for you to go get refreshed, restored, delivered. Yes, I said delivered. God wants to deliver us and set free from everything that's pulling you away from God. See, it's a lot of stuff on the inside that God wants to uproot out, and he's placed you in a ministry that uproots stuff that's been there for years. But the problem, Apostle, is that people don't want to sit and let the roots come up. They don't want to sit long enough and sit 
long enough and sit long enough and sit long enough until that stuff is dug up out of their lives. Because I got a call. God called me. He called me to preach. And then he said, go to Burgoth. <laughs> Glory. He said, go down to Burgoth because there's some things in your life, Allison, that I need to uproot. Because I can't use you on the level that I want to take you to if you are not willing to allow me to uproot those deep, deep, deep things. And how many of you know that it's some deep, deep, deep things in your lives, in your generations, that God says, I want to uproot, but will you sit still long enough when it's uncomfortable, when you think you called and you all that in a bag of chips and you know the word and you can preach and teach and hoop and holler, you can do all of that, but are you really free? Because the Bible tells me that whom the son set free is free indeed. And I thought I knew what freedom was. I thought I knew, apostle. Brother James, I thought I knew what freedom was until I got here. For real. And sat down right there. Well, I sat there for a while and I moved over there. But I thought I knew what total freedom was. Didn't know that I was walking around with chains and fetters and all this stuff going on on the inside because everybody told me I was all right, apostle. They said, you all right. Keep on preaching. You all right. Sing us another song. Oh, you'll be fine. I said, I'm not all right. I need help. And then I ended up in North Carolina and I got me some help. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about what the king is doing in my life. And I'm excited about what the king is going to do in your life if you let him. I'm going to say it again. If you let him. If you let him. If you let him deliver you. God wants to deliver you not tomorrow, but today. Because he's a right now God. He's a God that can take you from here to there. But while you're on your way, you're going to be shedding baggage. You're going to be unloading people that you thought you needed to hang on to. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I would draw men unto me. And the only way that we can truly lift him up is if we hang it on to him. And him alone. I was known by a lot of names when I was out in the world. Alcoholic, fornicator, drunkard, <laughs> weed head, <laughs> crackhead, acid head. Oh, yeah, honey, I tried a lot of stuff, but I blessed the Lord. He said, I have a plan for you, and I'm not going to let those things overtake you. But while I was out there doing my thing, I was picking up some junk, and I was suppressing it. And it looked like I had it all together because, you know, we know how to dress it up real good. Women, we can put the hair on, the makeup, the wig, whatever, the weave, all that stuff and dress it up. And we can come and shout, but still in in, in our innermost being is stuff that need to be rooted out of us. And God has placed us all at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry so that God can root out what is holding you back from fulfilling the Great Commission. Seek and save the lost. 
This pulpit is not your platform. Our platform is in the streets bringing people in. If you've been delivered, why wouldn't you want somebody else to be delivered? If you've been healed, why would not you want someone else to be healed? If your mind, let me tell you about a messed up mind. When you can't sleep at night. When you tossing and turning all night long, when you up and down two, three, four, every hour on the hour, like you got somewhere to go, but the enemy is messing with your mind and tormenting you. You need to be delivered from a spirit of torment today. Because he delivered me from torment. He delivered me from mental things, hearing stuff that I, I, I thought what people were saying and they wasn't even saying it. Because the prince of the power of the air has gotten control of what was going out of their mouth into my ears. And at that point, I thought they were saying something that they did not even say. But if my people, everybody say my people, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. See, one thing we got to do is we got to be humble. We don't know it all. We don't have it all figured out. God is the only one. We have to humble ourselves and pray and seek his face. It says, then will he hear from heaven. But the problem is we don't want to walk in humility because for some people, humility looks like weakness. Honey, if you're a humble person, you're you're stronger than a, 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 a strong person. Jesus walked humbly. We have to walk in humility. And it says that you humble yourself and pray and seek my face. One of the scriptures that I love. Romans 8.26 and 27. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Okay, so we have to humble ourselves and pray. But according to the word, you know, sometimes we get down and we start praying for anything that comes to our mind. Oh, I got to pray for this. Oh, I got to pray for that. Oh, my finances jacked up. I need to pray for that. But God says that we don't know for what we should pray for as we are, but the spirit helps us. And he makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, if the Holy Spirit is making intercession for us according to the perfect will of God, you've got to have the Holy Spirit in you first. Otherwise, we're praying amiss. Praying amiss is literally praying evil prayers, just praying stuff that God may not even want to happen, but because we think in our finite minds that we need to pray a certain prayer, you may be setting in motion some things because of what our words have power. We can speak a thing and it is so. People use it for darkness, we use it for the light. But we don't know what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us according to the perfect will of God. Amen. I'm still talking about the scripture. (laughs) If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. See, it's a process. You got to be called. If you got to be his people, you have to be called by his name. We got to humble ourselves. We got to pray. We have to seek his face. In other words, seek his presence. 
We have to care more about the presence of God and the spirit of God and God more than we do anything else. Because at the end of the day, when we stand before him, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter in, not depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Are we reaching the people who need Christ? It's coming a day of reckoning. And when I was coming here this morning, the Lord said, this is really serious. And I said, oh, my God. And I began to feel a churning in my stomach this morning, almost to the point of, oh, my God, can I even get up there today? And God said, this is serious because people need me. And we're not getting to them. And it's because of selfishness. We want it all for ourselves. And most of it, some of it is because we want people to look up to us and not look to him. We don't want to bring people to the house of God because we want to mentor them. Come on. Foolishness. When you look back in the Old Testament, when you talk about seek God, it's literally both in the Old and the New Testament says that it is a setting of the mind. Y'all can wake up now. It's called a setting of the mind. Amen. And it's a conscious fixing or focusing of our mind and attention on our with our hearts on the affections of God. The Bible says set your affections where? On things above, not on the earth. We have to set our affections on things above to be effectual in the kingdom of God. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. And so we want to make sure that we are setting not only our affections on things above, we're setting our sights on things above. We are saying, God, what would you have me to do in this dispensation of my life? Because people need Jesus, and if we're not getting to them, and God has placed people in our pathway, we're going to give an account for that. We're going to give an account. Now, I know you're probably saying, okay, so if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. When you're looking also at Abraham, as I said before, he left, he did what God says. Amos was a farmer. He was called by God. He was a prophet, but he was also a farmer. But he heard what God said, and he went and did it. He went and told the people that were oppressing people, you need to stop or this is going to happen to you. If we're called by God, if we're called by God and we hear his voice and a stranger we we won't follow whenever the Lord tells us to do something we'll do it immediately he won't have to nudge us four or five times we'll obey the first time somebody say amen Amen. to the first time obedience now in the context of which this scripture was written if you look at this We want to consider the approach in scriptures. After Solomon dedicated the temple, the Lord appeared to him and gave him some warnings and reassurances. And the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple of sacrifices. This is what was going on. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? 
So when he says, I'm going to heal the land, don't you know that we're land too? We were created from the earth. And God says, I want to heal your land. I want to heal sickness and diseases that are in you. And he goes on to say in the word, he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their ways. Then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, the immediate context of that scripture shows that the verse is tied up with Israel and the temple and the fact that from time to time, God, at that time, he sent judgment. He sent judgment. And a few verses later, it says, but if you turn and forsake the decrees and commands I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, I will uproot Israel from my land. And so what this is saying is God had a plan, but the people kept going around the mulberry bush, around and around. God would hear their cry. He would deliver them. He would set them free. And then he had to raise up another king to deliver them all over again. That's how some of us are. God will heal us. He'll deliver us. We're doing okay. And then all of a sudden we're back in the loop again. And God had to send somebody else to help you get out of your mess. The same thing was happening here in this scripture. He was raising up the kings to deliver the people over and over and over again. And God says, I've already sent my son to deliver you. What more do we need? What more do we need? What more do we need? How many more people are going to have to cross your path in order for you to say, you know what? I'm done with the stuff. I'm done with the junk. I'm done with the mindset that keeps me locked down in bondage. No one else has to come because Jesus came. All we have to do is grab hold to what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. And we can be delivered. We can be healed. We can be set free. We don't have to walk around with shutters, sh- uh, excuse me, um, shutters on our, excuse me, shackles on our feet and being bound up by the enemy because God has set us free from all of that. Amen. When you look in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, that's one of my favorite scriptures I like to quote because it says, if you would hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord and keep his commandments, all the blessings will come upon thee. Now, the Bible says that and people want the blessings, but a lot of folks, we don't want to really hearken diligently to what the voice of the Lord is saying. And we have to listen and hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Because if we don't, we'll end up in a situation. I thank God for Jesus that done away with the law and the curses and all the stuff that the people in the Old Testament had to go through. Because if they didn't keep the law, they got killed. You better keep them laws or you dead. It's almost like being at home under your mom and daddy. You better come in here at 9 o'clock, 902. You are getting it. Thank God for Jesus. That he healed us, delivered us, and set us free. And I want to close, and I'm not going to be long today. I'm going to close with just saying, if we are truly called by his name, if we are really his people, we need to walk in humility. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to seek his face at all times. We need to turn from wicked ways, wickedness, old stuff, stuff we don't think nobody looking at, stuff that we don't think nobody see. Stuff that we do and ain't nobody looking. Do you know if you take a, take a pen from work, you stealing? I had to go get out of my car, go back in the building, and put that pen back on my a supervisor desk. <laughs> I don't want to be a thief. I'm believing God for too much. But that one little open door can open many more doors in our lives. 
So as I said, you know, God has put us in a place where we can get free. And you're in a safe place to get free. You're in a real safe place. I've never, you know, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of preachers. But I'm going to tell you, Apostle Amanda and Brother James, y'all just, well, maybe you do. But I'm going to say y'all just don't know. (laughs) Integrity. I ain't heard my business on the internet. I ain't heard my business on Facebook. But I know some pastors, you tell them your business, they're going to preach about it and put it on the book. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. God has put us all in a safe place to get free. So if you're dealing with issues that don't nobody know about, you're in a safe place to get free. If you're dealing with mind stuff that you think she can't see, (laughs) you're in a safe place to get free. Woman of God told me all about myself. I was like, oh, my God, really? (laughs) You saw that? Yeah, I saw it. (laughs) I'm just waiting on you. (laughs) But you're in a safe place to be free. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. God wants to do a thorough cleansing and healing of your spiritual land. Everything that's an encumbrance to you, God wants to heal it. He wants to set you free. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank God for the word. Amen. When Apostle was um, teaching, the Lord had put this on my heart. It was so quick. When she was saying, getting rid of the stuff that you had, he reminded me of a snake. Y'all, I don't like him. I don't like him. But he showed me a picture of a snake and how a snake sheds his skin. And there's a reason why he shed that skin. When I looked it up, the Lord said, I want you to look this up because I want to show you what's happening in the body of Christ when people don't want to let stuff go. When a snake sheds his skin, he shed the skin to allow for further growth and to remove parasites that may have attached to their old skin. Even a snake sheds his skin because he want to remove those parasites and he want to continue to grow. And God said, let the body of Christ know you are stunted in growth because you refuse to let go of what you holding on to. When you hold on to offense, when you hold on to unforgiveness, when you holding on to sin that Jesus paid the price for, you refusing to grow. Even a snake sheds their skin and they leave the skin to show you I got rid of it. Now I'm growing. And you know what we do? We don't want to let go of it. And God say you in a time and hour that you got to let go of these things because they're putting you in a place you don't need to be in sickness. They're putting you in a place of death because sin represent death. It's not about titles. It's about the freedom that Christ already paid for. People are trying to stand on something but the word of God. 
And that's what's going to last when everything fails. Then he let me know I was standing in praise and worship. And I'm going to say this. He said, mark those. Let me read the script. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. So evidently there's something in the house. God said you got to mark those. That means that mark means to fix one eyes upon. So we got to mark those who are causing division and offense contrary to what you have learned. You got to avoid them. God is giving you a warning. When that hit my ears, I'm like, okay, God, what are you saying? It's in the room. Whomever you around that's coming against what you're getting taught, that's causing offense, that will cause you to stumble, you got to avoid them. This is what God is saying. God, we're living in the last days, y'all. And it's time for us to do what the word of God tell us to do. And what we need to be doing is staying in the word of God and letting the word fine tone us and take some stuff out of us that does not supposed to be there. Because all of us from the pulpit down, all of us got issues that need to be addressed through the word of God. And it's between you and God. But if you don't address those issues, you end up with the open rebuke right in front of people because you become stubborn. You become rebellious and you're trying to disrupt what God has already done for you. Amen. So we give God glory. Um, today it is Father's Day and we give God glory for all the fathers that are in the house. So we wanted to present the fathers with something on today. Um, and then after we do that, we're going to go ahead and do our tithes and offerings. And um, if there's any new announcements, we'll do that as well. But we have a funeral today to attend at 3 o'clock, which is the brother of um, Amelia, Lee, Shirley Jordan, Elijah Walker. And he's an uncle and he's a cousin to some. So we have to um, leave um, and be there before 3 o'clock. But I give God glory today because I see my two aunts sitting in service today. And this is a day that um, their brother is going to be buried. But I give God glory because everybody know what they need. Everybody know what they need. Because last Sunday we taught on the only thing's going to last is the word of God. Amen. So let's present these fathers today with these tokens of our appreciation but first, I want to call Brother Hayes up on today. I normally give something to our oldest fathers in here, and I believe the two oldest fathers that we have is Brother Hayes and my dad, which my dad is not here today. So I want to present him with a token of our appreciation from Miracle Temple. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Hayes, we want you to know that we love you that we appreciate you, and we thank God for all the wisdom that he has within you, and we thank you for sharing that wisdom and that love with us as you fellowship here at Miracle Temple. Amen. Happy Father's Day, and may you have many, many more. And could we have all the other fathers to stand at this time, and we just want to give you a, a token of appreciation. And I want to thank God for my husband, a man of God, a man that don't come down and a protector 
over his family is always there and always giving a helping hand to any and everybody. So I thank God for my loving husband, and I love you, honey. And may God continue to bless you and keep you. Amen. And I'm going to let Renee go ahead and take the mic because she want to. Brother James, on behalf of um, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, we would like to present this to you and let you know that we love you. And happy Father's Day. And on behalf of. Also, on behalf of um, Special Events Team, we love you, we appreciate you, and happy Father's Day. Thank you, Father. Amen. Be strong. Hallelujah. <laughs> Be strong. 